When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Liam, I'm the owner of PH Nutrition and I'm delighted to be back with another research review and I have Coach Luke. Coach Lukey, how are you, buddy? What's been happening? Just come off the back of Sid, I believe. Yes, yes, I'm good. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, just spent the weekend competing at Sid for Team Wit in Bath. So, 12 person team. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Got me back into CrossFit. I might actually have to start taking training a little bit more seriously now because it was. Yeah, what's yeah. next then? What's next? Have you got the bug? Oh, I, I don't know what's next. I'll chat to uh, Jordan Shelley down at Wit, see if he wants to coach me again, and, and, and we'll just see. We'll go from there. I know definitely, definitely want to be back there next year with the guys. So, yeah, okay, um, good. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fantastic, mate. Great stuff. So look, these, these research reviews, really good feedback from, from everybody. And we've got, a, I think, a really interesting paper. This isn't a brand new one. It is one from 2021, but it's, um, I think, very apt for this time of year. So it's called Continuous Versus Intermittent Dieting for Fat Loss and Fat-Free Mass Retention in Resistance Trained Adults. It's called the Ice Caps Trial. Now, the reason why I picked this one out was because we, uh, on our six-week programs, we use a a similar method to this okay we have what we would call diet breaks in it kind of put into the program and this is what this study does so what they did was took 61 participants 29 men and 32 women and they were randomly assigned to one or two groups for a total of 15 weeks so the continuous dieting group they were placed into a moderate deficit with a target weight loss of around kind of 0.7 percent of their body weight and they diet but they dieted continuously for 12 weeks now at the end of that 12 weeks they spent three weeks at maintenance before any of the measurements were taken and the obviously the other group they were called the diet break group and this were uh, we same deficit same percentage of their body weight unlike the previous group that they rotated instead of having that three weeks at the end after three weeks they were instructed to do a one week diet break So effectively, they had three one-week breaks in between the 15 weeks. Sorry, the 12 weeks. So they made 15 weeks. So this is, uh, you know, maybe a common thing that people 
would have heard of like take diet breaks and you know or how long should i be following my diet for so hopefully we can give some insight onto it now both groups followed the same calorie and macro targets okay they and and the good thing about this study is that they actually gave some really good i think practical recommendations for protein maybe a little bit higher sometimes a little bit higher than, than what we would do but again they're dieting so i don't i don't actually quite like to see this like they were hitting 2.3 grams per kilo per body weight so it's one gram per pound so maybe because it's american but then they're 20 percent of, uh, of their total calories on fats now that would probably be a little bit lower than we would advise but then the remain but yeah so 2.3 grams per kilo of protein 20 percent fats the rest were carbs and then they but they tracked a lot of kind of good things which we'll come on to in a minute you know not just weight so before we get into the analysis, just one thing to, to mention is that when they increased to maintenance, it was solely from carbohydrates. So they did an increased protein, they didn't increase fats, it was just solely from carbohydrates. Now, again, I think some of the literature in it and the explanation was just to kind of like uh, offset that any kind of decrease in leptin or kind of uh, help with managing hunger. So this carb kind of refeeding can help with obviously energy levels and a little bit of hormonal support there as well that's what the researchers kind of looked at now it was really good like luke just talk us through some of the things that you saw kind of originally when you were reading it that really jumped out for you at the start i mean in it, initially kind of the things that, that that you've already talked about with regards to like it it's the way that we would set up stuff a little yeah, bit in terms practical. of looking at the amount yeah so very very practical yeah looking at the amount of protein that they're taking on a lot of kind of these energy restriction ones where you're comparing just kind of the difference between continuous weight loss continuous dieting and these intermittent things they normally don't necessarily push protein that high and they normally don't kind of control it as much as they sort of have here with regards to the macro split it tends to be kind of a bit yeah standard almost whereas yeah. this as you said although the fats are a little bit lower than kind of what, what some of us might uh, recommend. We tend to go off kind of body weight there as well. Nice that they kind of keep it the same and they, they, yeah, it's, it's practical. It looks good. Um, yep. resistance trained athletes as well, which is always, always good. Cause yeah. as we sort of said, most of the research around energy restriction with good reason is in overweight obese. or obese yeah, yeah. individuals. And, and it makes sense as to why that is the case, obviously, because they are the population group that is potentially going to benefit the most from energy restriction and from this research for sure. But it's still important to have these kind of studies with those that are resistance trained as well. I think they're the kind of key mate. things. A hundred percent. This is practical research for the people that are hopefully listening to this podcast. You know, you like say, yeah. it's, it's, this, uh, it's, it's really nice to see these studies. So the results. So interestingly, both groups lost weight. And they saw reductions in body fat, which were obviously, you know, really, really good to see. But there were no significant differences between them. So, again, straight off the bat, if you're looking to lose weight, keep your protein intake high and get into a moderate calorie deficit. Happy yeah. days. I think we both know that. Um, yeah. Now, resting energy expenditure dropped in both groups. But again, no significant differences between them. That would be expected for a, an extended kind of you know dietary period. But it's also maybe something that we use diet breaks to offset, isn't it? That drop in energy expenditure. Uh, now, I just think that maybe three weeks and one week, maybe one week wasn't long enough to kind of any kind of offset anything on that. But for me, I don't think that there was too much of an issue with that. Again, that you're trying to lose weight. So if you do lose weight, then naturally energy yeah. expenditure is going to drop. Yeah. Um, 
The other thing, there was no differences in muscle strength and endurance, which I think was one of the most probably interesting things that I took away from this. I would have maybe, without knowing the results, I would have said the dietary uh, kind of break group would have had better performance. Yeah. Better strength, better endurance, but they didn't. There was no significant differences. Yeah. In that. But, you know, for me, it's one of those ones where if I don't think the deficit is too aggressive, I think if there would have been like a, a, a real, a really aggressive deficit for 12 weeks or even for half, half the time, and then they kind of increase slightly, then I think there would have been a difference. I think there would have been like a change. And then that's where people probably would say like, Oh, well, that, that, that's okay. No, it's the same deficit. And it wasn't that aggressive, which is, again, why we liked the study, because it was a practical kind of example. Uh, now, the differences. What were the differences between this? So interestingly, the diet break group experienced a significant increase in fullness after the 12 weeks of dieting, whereas the continuous dieting group experienced significant increases in hunger. Look, one of the key things in terms of dieting is trying to increase um, you know, the, the adherence to this diet. And if we're, if we're having significant increases in hunger, that's just surely going to make it harder to continue, you know, follow it, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. One of the, the key, key points there. And the key things that we kind of look into is we don't want people to suffer. Right. And here hunger is not a pleasant thing to have to deal with. It's something that you have to deal with, obviously, if you're going to be going through like a moderate energy deficit and you're looking to lose weight, you're going to have to deal with hunger. But if like in this study, that hunger can be less and the rest of the results be pretty much the same, I think pretty much anyone is going to go towards the, I want to do the thing that makes me feel less hungry, but the results are the same. Yeah. No, apart from, yeah, only people who kind of like want to suffer a little bit are going to think, nah, nah, make me hungry for as much as possible, which is arguably not a healthy way to be. So even just that, that is so, so key, I think for sure. Yeah, agreed. And then look, the continuous dieting group also exhibited significant increases in irritability, nausea, (laughs) and a decrease in alertness. So we're looking at those things as well. And they're big, they're big things to kind of have to deal with over an extended period of time. And I think it's quite interesting to put those in context with the difference in muscle endurance, and muscle strength as well, because I reckon over a longer period of time, reduced alertness is going to lead to reduced training efficiency. Ultimately, you're going to go into training feeling a lot less like you want to train, even if you're hungry as well, you're going to go into training feeling a lot less like you want to train and potentially, and it has to be potentially, because obviously we don't necessarily know from this study, the uh, kind of long-term impacts of that, but logically it makes sense that if that's the case, you're going to get less out of your training. And over that longer time period, I wouldn't be surprised to see the diet break group having kind of yeah better measures on the muscle strength and the endurance and i think i'd be interested to see as well how rpe felt during as well i think that would be a really interesting metric to dive into is how did their training sessions actually feel to them even if there was no significant difference in what they were actually able to achieve if the training session felt better Mm. because again that longer period of time when you're going through a longer period of energy restriction you want training to feel as good as it possibly can too as well. Yeah. That's a really good point, mate. 
because they didn't they didn't record that so you could have got saying uh, yeah hey, there's no difference in terms of the training but they could have just ground it out they know that they've mm. only got 12 weeks to get it yeah. through and they're like right cool i'll just commit to this and then like say they buried themselves but actually they probably couldn't have continued for 16 weeks 20 weeks half a year and i think you're absolutely right buddy i think if you extrapolate that out there's probably going to be differences you know in the in the strengthened performance side i think so yeah, definitely. Also, the dropout rate was higher in the continuous yeah. starting group. It was actually 50% more. So Jeez. this is, again, just goes back to that, you know, that following a plan that you can follow continually and not putting yourself under too much too much pressure and too much stress and increased hunger, more irritability, probably a little bit harder training, decreased alertness, then you know, there's a reason why people were dropped out of the continuous group. So, again... Another probably another tick for the for the diet break group for me uh, in terms of just helping you to stay more consistent with your diet. I think it's also mentally like if we actually practically look at this to go, OK, well, you've only got a diet. You've got to be in a deficit for three weeks and then you can eat a little bit more food. Cool. All right. I can do that. And then you've got to diet again for three weeks and then you can you can eat a little bit more food for a week as opposed to. All right. So you have to be in a deficit from January 1st to March 31st. Like. That's a long time to, to to kind of be thinking mentally. I've yeah. got to do this. No, so no wonder kind of people dropped out. Uh, you know, uh, so just just to kind of like I say, practically look at this. For me, there are a couple of ways I would approach this for people. The more weight you have to lose, the longer those times in between the diet breaks can be. So you could probably go four weeks. You could probably go five weeks in between them because you know it's just you're probably going to have to follow something for a longer period of time and i think being in a deficit for a little bit longer before you go to a maintenance would probably see longer term like say if we we, if we went extrapolate this out i think that would be a better way to to kind of focus on it now if you're getting close to your goal weight then what i would suggest that you do is you reverse it that's what I would do. That's how I would approach it. If you want to build muscle and stay a bit leaner or just perform, but born to kind of keep your body fat in check. I would go three weeks of maintenance, one week at dieting and actually look at it, go and go, well, okay, I can be in a, in a, an aggressive deficit. I can be in a moderate deficit. I can just drop my intake a little bit for one week. And that's probably going to be enough over a 12 week period where you've got three weeks at a lower intake where you're keeping your body fat in check, effectively. So I think if we approached it like that, I think this is maybe where people can, can look at it and go, this is how I diet long term. Or this is how I set my nutrition up. Diet is the wrong word. This is how I set my nutrition up longer term, as opposed to, right, it's January. Now I've got to do the same thing as I did last year. Or it's a holiday coming up. I've got to aggressively diet. Like I think that, is the, the the kind of practical takeaway but it also means it also shows that you don't need to force a diet break every few weeks because the results were the same yes there yeah. were some other things there were some other things that you know were negative impacts in it but i don't think you need a diet break um, but it is just something that i think should be there in your mind when you approach something like this when people say, oh, I've just been on a diet for years, I'm like, 
you know, this is, yeah. a, a, you haven't been on a diet. <laughs> if you have, you probably have not been doing it correctly. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, what do you think about that kind of that practical approach? Is that something that you work with clients? Is that how you kind of approach your nutrition maybe more practically for yourself? Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I am a, a big advocate for, as you know, periodizing nutrition. And this is pretty much all it is, is blocking out those time blocks. And yeah. it's something that I work with with clients that, that have a lot of weight to lose and are looking to attack that. It's something that I do with clients who have only a little bit amount to lose. And it's something that I do with clients that are more on the performance side of things as well. Like we'll look at the year as a whole and block out those chunks. And and it's something that you said throughout this, but I think it's still worth reiterating. Things are so much easier to do when there's an end goal in sight. <laughs> And that's just true. And that's backed up by tons of research and psychology as well, where if you know that you only have to do something for those three weeks, then fantastic. And that actually is a question that I have for you, Liam, with regards to that, because I know obviously you said just then that if you've got quite a lot of weight to lose, you'd go for the five weeks maybe, and then one or two weeks of the maintenance like that. Would you rather do those longer moderate ones? Or do you think based on this and based on of research as well in your own practice that there'd be any benefit really to doing short and sharp so more aggressive mm. two to three weeks and then maybe a week of maintenance or do you think that the the difference with regards to the amount that you'd have to like change your intake by yeah. would just be too much and too kind of I don't know, it would, it would obviously lead to a lot of kind of fluctuations in weight because of water weight and glycogen and stuff like that. Like if you're yeah. dropping like 100 grams of carbs and then putting 100 grams of carbs up the next week, kind of similar, I guess, to these guys, but on a smaller yeah. scale in this study, um, you'd rather go for the longer and slightly moderate, right? I would purely from, I think when you go too aggressive, I think that it has too many other impacts in other areas of your life. Yeah. such as performance, such as energy levels across the day, such as mood, such as sleep. And I think that if you're going to go aggressive, it should only ever be like right before your goal. Like something where you know that if you get to that point, then like you, you're going on holiday or you've got a wedding or you're, I don't know, you're doing it before Christmas to get in credit or you're doing it for a photo shoot or a weight cut or what, I don't know, something like that. I just think that doing that for any kind of extended period of time will have more negative impacts. I think the the negative impacts that have been shown in this study, such as increased hunger, decreased alertness, and like you said, maybe a potentially a higher RPE would be exacerbated if you did that. And I think extending the weeks that you're in a deficit is a more achievable thing to do as opposed to doing more aggressive three-week blocks if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. So yeah, that, that would be my practical approach for it. But you say you've got to stick a line in the sand. That's the big thing. And it that, that line in the sand can be flexible. I think this study really highlights that when you, when you reach a point where your adherence becomes really challenging, either that's due to low energy, decreased hunger, increased hunger, decreased performance, then that is when you need to listen to your body and take a diet break. Okay? And when we say diet break, it doesn't mean ordering pizza for lunch it means eating at maintenance and probably like say a a very good thing to do is to increase it by carbohydrate with carbohydrates to help with that energy to help with your performance and carbohydrates you know like you say if you choose the right ones then they can be uh, can be very filling with your things so you're probably gonna help with 
hunger levels. So I think that's the case. Like that's what I would say to people to be doing. Like push yourself, but be aware. Or if you're terrible at doing that, stick some in in that are less flexible, <laughs> and just follow that. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good, really really good study. I really liked this one. Like yeah. you said, I think if someone to, was to replicate this, if they added RPE in. I think that would be in a brilliant thing and then do a yeah. four month follow up. Yeah. You know, what, what, where have you at? Have they, have the continuous diet group maintained, have the diet group group followed? Can, what have you done continuously? What, how, what have you done? What's changed? I think even just like you say, a survey would be pretty good to be able to yeah. do afterwards just to see what people are, have then done at different time points going forward. I think that would be, that would be a superb study. To, yeah to do yeah. cool all right mate fantastic Any, anything else like practical advice for people setting up this obviously we're talking about dieting as well here so it's yeah slightly different. we should probably do one on muscle mass and gaining muscle yeah we should next time. we should definitely how to do that longer time longer term approach gaining fat quicker bulking or gaining <laughs> muscle more leanly for a longer period of time if that's a word that's probably a good study there's probably some stuff out there you can pick that one cool i'll have a dive in and find it for sure yeah good stuff good stuff well lukey thank you mate that was that was that was really good i think this is the you know this is the point of this research reviews with us it's it's trying to you know take all of these pubmed studies that that are coming out sifting through them and finding stuff that you can actually take something home with you and listening to this hopefully wherever you are run walk car gym whatever you can be like cool i can definitely look at this and obviously the, the, the study is in, 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 in the show notes, but you can take this and make it practical. Find a way that works with your lifestyle, whether that's working you know, back from a, an event, whether, whether it's planning out over the next couple of months where you've got stuff in the diary. And if you've got a busy social week, then put that as your maintenance and, and work the diet things around it. Again, it can be three weeks, one week diet break. It can be five weeks, two weeks diet break. Like make it flexible. But like I say, just trying to follow this structure would be really, really uh, a good thing to be uh, to be doing to hopefully stop this yo-yo dieting or putting yourself under continual stress of always being on a diet. Great stuff. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, like I say, if you like the podcast, please uh, share, rate, and review. We've got some nice reviews on the, on on the Apple at the moment, so thank you very much for everyone that's that's popped five stars on there. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you very very soon on the next episode. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.